welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to be here. It is July. Tell you, half of the year is gone. It's time to get busy on those New Year's resolutions. <laughs> it's so funny. We say that in jest, but truly, how many of us are 50% done with things we set out to do this year? Um, I know that I have a lot of work to do before the end of the year, but if we're lucky, we've got another six months. Um, if we're lucky, as in like, knock on wood, um, I mean, that sounds morbid, but you know what I mean. Um, my life on the beach is hot. This has been one of the hottest summers that I can ever remember in my life. Definitely feels hotter than the last summers I've been here in Miami, but it's just, you know, a three shower day. Most of the days it's just, it's nutty, but I, I really love, love, love the heat. It just sometimes slows me down. And then sometimes at boot camp we have to really modify things to keep people safe. And um, that's fine. But like today at our workout, we had a, um, one of our ladies went and sat in the shade and I was super worried about her. She got overheated. She was fine. But, you know, I take that very seriously as their mama bear. Um, but it's been a great week. Uh, Roy and I implemented something in the past week that has been so good for our relationship, for our home, for our own personal lives. And that is uh, meditation. So I love Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'm going to his intensive week-long meditation retreat in September. And a prerequisite for that is you have to watch um, his online course, his intensive and progressive um, programs. And so I started them a few weeks back and I was just listening to them, their videos, but I was listening to them on my walks and they're just so good. So like earth shattering and so makes so much sense. His, he's a neuro, neuroscientist and he talks about the brain and how our thoughts and emotions create our reality and how our bodies get stuck in the past and all of these things that keep us stuck. And how, he tells how, to stop all of that and build a future, to create a future. And some of these things are kind of, uh, some of these things are things I've been doing without realizing I was doing them. And now that I understand and can be intentional, I feel like they're, they just blow the lid off. But um, we've decided to implement meditation together as a couple. Uh, We started with every evening and every morning this week. And now we tweak that a little bit, but um, we started watching this together. So I was already, I don't know, 10 hours in and I just kept thinking, Roy, this would be so great for Roy because there's just so many references in this material that he and I talk about, about things, patterns from our past and how, you know, sometimes we get really stuck um, repeating things from our past that we don't want to and it can feel really overwhelming and there can be fear there of I hope I don't or I don't want to be that person or make that mistake especially as he and I embark on marriage because we both have been married before and we've both made mistakes in relationships and we've both been in relationships where we've been hurt or we've shown up in ways that we're not proud of and so 
this wide-eyed look at each other. We love each other so much and we want to have a really strong, healthy relationship for the rest of our lives. But when you know you've screwed things up or you've had trauma or you've been hurt, you just kind of say, man, this stuff is big and I don't want this stuff to hurt us now and in the future. And instead of being stuck in that fear, Dr. Joe teaches how you can powerfully create the future that you want with intention. So he has, uh, for $20, you can download the files of these guided meditations, one for morning and one for night. And they are incredible. So the morning one is my favorite. Basically, he gets you into you know meditation and clear your mind. And he, he guides you to, to, you know, what is the vision that you want? What do you want your day to be? Who do you want to be? What do you no longer want to be? And you, you meditate and visualize showing up in the day with power, with intention. You know, I think about at the end of the day, I'm crabby. I'm a little short-tempered. I can be really controlling of the environment. I can be too hard on Roy. I can be too, too frustrated too quickly. I don't want to be that. So instead to rehearse and visualize coming home from work and making dinner and something going wrong and, and visualizing me handling it in, in the way that I want to handle it and setting it down and laughing through it and rehearsing and visualizing that. And then to think about, okay, what what emotion do I want to bring to this day? And every day a different emotion has welled up in me and I have felt it and basked in it in that meditative state and then intended to keep that emotion flowing all day. And Roy has picked one as well in his meditation. And then we share it. Well, what are you going to channel today? Well, today, I just, the word magnificent kept coming to me. I'm like, I'm going to be magnificent in everything that I do. And he's like, I'm going to be grateful in everything I do. And it sets, it sets such a beautiful, powerful, positive tone for every single day this week. In fact, I've been taking it to boot camp. The other day I said, the word of the day is magnificent. I want you to put that feeling on at the beginning of this workout. And as you work through these movements, do it as, as someone who is magnificent. Channel that energy. And I, as I was coaching was, I want to be a magnificent coach. I want to be a magnificent inspiration. You talk about creating a week of new experiences as human beings. It's what we did. We didn't do it all perfectly. We were still imperfect humans. But the mood in this home, just so beautiful. The energy between us, so genuine, so uplifting, so motivating. I see Roy sitting there at dinner. He's like, you know, the first 50 years of my life, I feel like I took a lot from the world and from others and I went through a lot of hard times. The rest of the way, I want to give back. I want to love people. I want to give to people. I want to give more than I've taken in the first 50 years of my life. I'm sitting here looking at this man that I'm going to marry and I'm like, how lucky am I that I get to sit next to a man whose heart is so passionate to go out and love more and see people more and to be good to people so that he can give back more than he's taken in his first half of life. This is the man I'm marrying. How freaking amazing is this? And I credit all of it to this work of Dr. Joe's and these meditations. We've been watching about 20 to 30 minutes at night before we go to bed instead of turning on stupid TV and learning about the wiring in our brain 
and how how building a habit takes place and strengthens those neural connections in your brain. And you only have so much glue in your brain. So if you're making new habits, your brain is gluing new connections. It has to get that glue from somewhere else. It's going to take it from the old. So we don't have to work so hard at saying, I have to stop doing the old stuff. If we put our energy in building the new stuff, that old stuff is going to die. Those old, those old connections are going to break. And it's so much more enjoyable to build new to say, I today instead of thinking I'm not going to be controlling and angry, to say, today I am going to be grateful and joyful. Today I am going to be quick to smile. Put my attention on that. When Roy gets sand on the floor, to, to be conscious and aware instead of being like, I can't believe you got sand on the floor. To say, you know, ah, I'm so grateful I live at the beach so I have a problem like sand on the floor. Now that doesn't come naturally. But I can put it on in my mind, I can rehearse it, and then I can start implementing that. So it becomes as automatic to think that way as it does to think, oh man, I wish you didn't get sand on the floor. These are the things that we have control over. And I, I'm so passionately excited about this new habit. And so we've committed that this is what we're doing no matter what, no matter how tired we are, no matter what. Every night we're going to learn from Dr. Joe and every single morning we're going to meditate together and start our day in that way and it's it's been an amazing week i'm just overjoyed and so full in my heart and i recommend to every person to try morning and meditation if if nothing else 10 minutes dr joe dispenza.com he has uh, it's 20 dollars and you download the files that's super cheap spend that on a burger and fries on south beach um and 23 minutes in the morning, 23 minutes at night. I like the night one too, but we are so sleepy at night that we can't, like, we literally cannot meditate at night right now. We we get up at four and by the time we're, it's just, we can't. We tried for a few nights and we're like, all right, we're going to ease into this. We're going to do mornings for sure. And then uh, watch some of his course at night. So the online course is $300, I think it was. And it's 23 hours of his lectures plus all kinds of guided meditations, which I haven't even dug into all of them yet. But guided meditation is something I love. Just sitting down and meditating, clearing your your brain, it can be overwhelming and like hard to start. But a guided meditation, your eyes are closed and he is, there's music so it, it drowns everything out, but guiding you into relaxation and then guiding your thoughts um, so that you're going into the right place in your thoughts. Um, and the morning one, he's like, put your hand on your heart and, um, you know, just bless, bless you and focus on what you love about you. And, ah, it's so beautiful. So drjodispenza.com. I highly recommend the meditations. And if you are willing to invest a little bit of money and some time, his online intensive and progressive seminars courses, phenomenal phenomenal will blow your mind if you struggle with anxiety and depression he explains what happens in your body with stress and cortisol um, and the things that cause anxiety and depression and your body to memorize those things and why it can keep you from moving forward and he teaches you how to overcome that it's amazing so it's been a great week here as I beat the dead horse. I'm just so excited about it. Um, Roy and I, uh, we moved up our wedding. 
So we were going to get married next April, but um, it's really important to Roy that we have our ceremony with his entire family together. His family is very important to him and not that mine is not important to me, but his mom logistically couldn't make a trip to Florida to have a wedding here or anywhere else. So um, we had decided we would do a ceremony with his family in the Bay Area and then we would have a big party here in Miami with um, our friends here in boot camp. Well, his mom is moving. And so logistically, if we're going to make this thing happen the way that we envisioned it, we have to do it before August. So we are getting married July 25th in the Bay Area with his family. My sister is flying out to officiate and my beautiful friend Simona is flying out to to photograph it. And um, I have a dress and um, I'm so excited. We already live together Um I don't consider this being a big change in our relationship, but we obviously take it very seriously. Um, It's going to be really meaningful and beautiful. We're getting married in the Redwood Forest. So I love the blanket of clover on the ground underneath the Redwoods. And then, of course, the Redwoods, they've been around for billions of years. Not around billions, but they're so beautiful in their power. And um, so we're going to just gather. We're going to say our vows, take some photos, and then go get tacos. (laughs) it's going to be really fun. And then we were already going to Minnesota in August for the state fair and for Lulu's wedding. And so we thought, well, while we're in Minnesota, I'm going to bring my dress and we're going to go to the state fair and I'm going to wear my wedding dress at my favorite place, the state fair, and just have a little hugs and hang out for anybody who wants to come to the fair and celebrate the fact that we got married. Um, Because I know so many people in Minnesota And this way, nobody has to go anywhere. If you want to celebrate our wedding, you can come to the fair and have a little corn dog toast (laughs) if you want to. Um, And then our big big party will be here in Miami. We're doing it on Labor Day weekend. We are just going to go out to our beach where we do boot camp and we are going to have a celebratory vowel renewal with uh, Roxy, our boot camp queen. She's going, she got ordained to do our wedding. She is going to lead us through renewing our vows and it is going to be fun and happy. We're going to do a big group dance party to a couple of really fun songs right there on the sand. And then come on into the banquet room here in the building that I live in. And we're going to have more dancing and food and hooray. So the theme of our wedding is love and hooray. So really excited. I had no idea that I was going to be getting married this year. I had no idea at all. And uh, it's just a wedding tour. You know, it's my third wedding. May as well have three parties. Why not? It's We're just very excited we found each other. So, And uh, the sky is the limit. You know, we look at Roy and I just say, you know, we both have our hearts wide open and we both have such a passion for um, being of service and loving on people and and giving back more than we've taken and with with that legitimate passion in both of us, like the sky's the limit on what we're going to be able to do as a team as we continue to have this human experience. So very exciting. So that's what's going on around here. Also, I bought a moped. We got our money for the car. I can't remember if I updated it here on the podcast, but I had talked on the podcast about how I sold my car to Brickle Buick GMC and how they hadn't given me my money. Well, it was six weeks and I finally got my money. So um, when I walked into the accounting department to pick up my check, I said, hi, I'm here to pick up a check. They said, yeah, what's your name? I said, Kristen Smith. And they all looked up like, whoa, that's Kristen Smith. I'd be like, yeah, 
I'm the one who's been calling you guys and causing a big stir because you guys all suck and you basically stole my car. But I didn't say any of that. I just smiled and nodded and took my check. Anyway, and so uh, we weren't sure what we were going to do. We had talked about getting a moped, but um, I don't know. We don't go anywhere. We really just don't go anywhere. And um, if we do, we Uber. But we rented a moped last week, um, the day after my birthday for the day. And we got caught in a torrential downpour. And it was really, really fun to ride on it together. Um, But then the rain thing was like, yeah, it's tough during rainy season. And then we decided to do our wedding. And so we thought, well, we'll just wait. We're not going to spend the money right now. Well, we went for, we went to a scooter store to just look at them. And they had a really cute one. And it's teal and it's adorable. It's got a little bunny sticker on it. So I said, yeah, I want that one. So we bought it and I got a pink motorcycle helmet and all the things. And I rode it to train a client the other day and it was super fun although I'm really really hesitant on it I'm very I'm terrified of it basically so I was put 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 down the street but it it went fine and then I left and it downpoured again so I got completely drenched to the skin so again it's less than ideal during rainy season but it's just water and then I took it yesterday to work at the Carillon and it just I don't know I just I'm nervous on it it's not super heavy. It's, you know, but it's heavier than a bike. So it takes getting used to. And just, I don't know, it's just nerve wracking to be in the traffic, knowing I can only go about 30 miles an hour. People in Miami are insane. The driving here is like out of a movie, a bad movie with maybe, if you can imagine everybody who's driving has one arm tied behind their back, is drunk and is trying to put on mascara, that's kind of how it feels when you're in traffic here. That's that's how it feels people drive. And then everybody honks. The light turns green. Everybody honks at you. It's like green. Honk! It's like, let me, can I move my foot? And then on the moped, you you know, you grab the throttle and it, it does take a second to get going. And then, you know, I got to make sure I'm balanced. So the whole thing was very stressful. Um, and then taking a, a curve. Is it going to slip? How slippery is the road? I don't know. So today I needed to rush to work after boot camp and I just decided to walk because I didn't, I couldn't, I was too stressed. So, so far I'm terrified of it. And um, I just need to practice maybe in the middle of the night when there's no one on the street so that I can just get comfortable with how it feels to drive something 30 miles an hour out in the open without a windshield or something. I don't know. Roy is a lot more confident, but then Roy is a dude. I feel like dudes just don't have fear like they should. (laughs) But anyway, it's really cute. Also, the motorcycle parking in my building is on the sixth floor. And so it takes longer to drive down to the street than it does for me to walk to work, I feel like. So, you know, I have to, it has to be really worth taking the damn thing out for me to (laughs) go get it. But anyway, so that's the saga of that. Danny came over and fixed the tire on my stand-up scooter today. And I'm way more apt to just take that um, places if I need to. So, but whatever. I'm a scooter girl. It's going to be really, really fun once I'm not scared. And and off we go. So, yeah. For, thank you again for everybody who told me all the things to do. I mean, some of you were like, go in there with a sign and stand outside and tell everybody that they stole your money. And um, I didn't have to do any of that, I got my money. 
So that's about all for an update next week. Uh, Roy's twin brother, Rich, and his and wife, Kathy, are coming to visit us in Miami. And we are so stoked because it's so fun to show people where we live, especially Roy. He's never lived anywhere else. And so to have moved all the way across the country and then he and his twin um, are very close. And um, I'm just, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm so excited to get to know them more because they they love Roy so much. I've said to them, it sounds weird to say it, but I, I just want to look at them and just say, thank you for loving Roy until I could get to him, which makes it sound like they're not supposed to love him anymore, which is not what it means. But they just have taken such good care of his heart. They just, they love him. And when he's gone through difficult things, they have just, they've been there for him. They have loved him so much, so well. And, uh, they mean so much to me because of that. And, and then Kathy has been married to Roy's identical twin for 20 years. So I've talked about this before. I feel like I have so much to learn from her about how to be married to a, a Rich and Roy twin. <laughs> she's basically been married to the, the other version of my future husband. So she's got really great insight. So I can't wait to have her here. Roy has a reason to be very afraid. So they're coming here and we're going to show them around Wynwood and South Beach and go on a boat. It's going to be really fun. And then after that, I get to go to North Carolina and see my son. He turns 25. So I'm flying out there for 36 hours out to Raleigh to take him to dinner, spend a little time with him, and then come home. So busy month. And then just getting married, you know, just throwing that in there too. So life is beautiful. Life is wonderful. So today's topic I'm excited to talk about. Because it's kind of a the back, uh, the back side of telling you how to lose weight. I'm gonna tell you some of the reasons why you might not be losing weight. See if any of these things resonate with you. Today, I'm gonna talk about some of the most common reasons why you're not losing weight. If you have a weight loss goal and you've been dieting or you've been trying, struggling to lose weight, there are factors that I see over and over again that contribute to why this happens. And when these things are fixed and addressed, weight loss happens. So I hear a lot of things like my metabolism is too slow, or this is just the weight my body is happy at, or um, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm perimetopausal or premetopausal, and so it's impossible to lose weight. Or, you know, my hormones or my thyroid are weird or I have PCOS and um, I have health problems. That means I can't lose weight. And while I would never sit down and say, you're wrong about any of those things because I'm not going to tell you you don't have, you know, a hormone imbalance or a thyroid issue. I don't know. But before you make those conclusions, there's a list of things that are definitely going to contribute to the fact that you're not losing weight. So if you fix these things and then you're not losing weight, then I would say, all right, what else could be going on? But the vast majority of humans, especially women, these things I'm going to talk about are really the reasons why. So sometimes I just, I can't stress it enough. Sometimes we really want an out. We don't like the way we look or feel in our body. And instead of looking honestly at what's going on, it's easier to grab the, I can't because we all do it. I do it in areas of my life. I do it sometimes even still with my diet. 
but we have to take personal responsibility for all of the effort and input we put into anything in order to take responsibility for the results. So I encourage you to have an open mind and to really honestly ascertain if these things are things that you do or do not do, that may be the reason why you're not able to lose weight. For one thing, your body is a machine and it needs fuel in order to run. And if you don't eat enough fuel for what you do in a day, your body will have to find fuel somewhere else. This is where people say, oh, I put my body in starvation mode. Well, that is definitely something that can happen, but the vast majority of people, that is not what's happening to you. If you stopped eating, your body would pull fat off your body to burn. Now, it would be more and more conservative with how much it allowed out. It would be, you know, you would definitely become very efficient. Your body would, um, your metabolism would slow down. But before we make that conclusion, it's important to look at actually what's going on. Starvation mode is something that most people don't need to worry about in general. So I'm just going to put some of that out there and you may not like it. You may not like it and your lizard brain really doesn't like it because in a moment when you want to eat pizza and you want to go out and have fun and then the next day your scale is up and you get mad, your lizard brain is going to want to say, you know what? I used to be able to eat pizza and do all this and it was fine. It's just because I'm premenopausal. And that's just the way it is. And I crave pizza and I got to live a little. And so these excuses come up when we don't want to do the hard thing. And so um, I just always encourage you to be honest with yourself. I try to be tough love here and I want to help you. Uh, If you have a weight struggle and it's nothing's working, I'm just going to give you this checklist. So without further ado, some of the reasons why you're not losing weight. Number one, consistency. If you are not consistent with whatever it is you're trying, it is not going to work, period. So starting and stopping over and over again takes away momentum from moving forward. Um, you have to pick something and stick consistent, can stick to it consistently. The long road is the short road, honestly. If you do something seven days in a row and then 10 days off and then seven days in a row gung-ho and then, oh gosh, it was so hard to do it for seven days and so I can't imagine getting back. Okay, fine. That's what we have, That's what we do. We go gung-ho, stop, start, stop, start. Maybe we do well Monday through Thursday and then we've got that dreaded weekend where all of a sudden it's super hard to do the thing. And so if you're not consistent, you're not going to see results. So you confuse your body, you confuse your brain and you don't ever break the old pathways and grooves in your brain and create new ones. If you're like, I really want to, I really want to start a workout routine and I would like to do it in the mornings before work. And if four days in a row you get up before work and you go for a walk or do whatever, and then on the fifth day you don't, and then on the sixth day you do, and then maybe the next week uh, you only do it twice. And then the following week you do it on Monday and then you fall off. You haven't built a new habit. You've confused your system and left to our own devices the oldest habit, the longest groove, the deepest relationship to your brain and excuses is going to win. So consistency is a must. You have to give yourself time to create a habit. You have to give your body time to adjust and settle in to be able to respond and you have to commit. So 
How do you fix this if you're not consistent? You have to pick something that you're going to do forever. So if you're saying, okay, I really would like to have an exercise routine. I want to be one of those people who gets up in the morning and exercises. And let's say you've never done that before. The first few weeks, it's going to be hard because it's not going to feel like you. You're going to be tempted to say, this isn't me. This just doesn't work. Well, you're right. It isn't you yet. It's not you yet. It is not programmed in yet. You must be consistent. Give it at least a month. So if you want to be one of those people who works out in the morning, give it at least a month of consistency to say five out of seven days a week, I'm going to do some kind of exercise before work and put it on the calendar, make a goal, write it down. You are not going to miss even one time for at least 30 days. I recommend 90 days, 90 days. They say it takes 21 days to build a habit. I believe that's garbage. I think it takes a lot longer for something to become second nature. So If it's going to be something you're going to do forever, then why not start with 30 days and then 90 days? You don't have to do something every day for it to be a habit. You just have to set a realistic, consistent goal and stick with it. I recommend a five out of seven day commitment for most new things so that you have a couple of days where it's not required. Now, it's important to consider the idea that a planned rest is unnecessary, So I just saw somebody, I forget who it was on Instagram saying, I don't take rest days. Life gives me rest days. I never plan a day off. That way, when something comes up, I can't control if my family needs me or there's a crisis or something. Those end up being my days off. And I don't feel bad about it because every other day when I have been able and capable to, I do it. And I love that. I've implemented that many, many periods of time in my life that I don't plan a rest day. But that way, if something does happen a couple of times in a week, I know I've got my five out of seven versus I might say, all right, Tuesday, I'm taking a rest day. Wednesday, I'm going to work out and Thursday, I'm taking another rest day. Well, what if on Friday something happens and I absolutely logistically can't get it done or somebody needs me and I don't want to say no? Well, I'm going to have to find a way to get it in. Instead, if I just plow through the week, planning on doing it every day, Maybe I get to the last day of the month or the week and I can say, oh, I've done six in a row. That's even bigger than my goal. So I'll take this as my rest day because here I am. It's a great way to look at it. So only commit to doing things that you know, you know 100% that you can do regularly. So in my groups, I always recommend a five out of seven for things. And if it's brand new and something really, really hard, Ease in as slowly as you have to, but make sure you are consistent. Maybe it's once a week. Then make sure it happens on the first day of your week. Get it done so you can feel that success. So not being consistent. It's the number one reason why you're not losing weight. Number two, reasons why you're not losing weight. You're trying to do too much too soon. This happens every January with the vast majority of the population. We try to change our eating habits and our sleeping schedule and our workout routine. We buy all the food in the world, bring it home. We're going to become food preppers. We're going to get all the plastic storage containers and all the freezer bags and the Instant Pots. We're going to massively change our lifestyle and we're going to do it all right now. And we're going to get a gym membership and we're going to go to the gym seven days a week and we're going to hire a trainer. We're going to drink a gallon of water. We're going to sign up for a marathon. Now, that is the typical January behavior. 
it's too much. It's too soon. And that's why February gyms are really quiet. There's no longer a sale on lettuce and protein powders. And uh, a lot of people are throwing out all of those storage containers. It's too much too soon. Also with workouts, if you go too hard too soon, you're going to find yourself hurting yourself or being so sore you can't move. I've had people where I train them, they say, no, I don't care if I'm sore, push me, push me. And then we have a week off because they can't walk because they wanted to do too much too soon. I'm getting to be a better trainer where I will absolutely not do that. I won't, no matter what they say. But you don't lose weight because you do too much too soon and then you quit. So you have to start where you are. And if it comes to, when we're talking to exercise, I recommend you start super duper slow. So slow that it might feel stupid. And so what I like to call it is a a waking everything up week. So if you haven't worked out in a long time, I'm going to say, let's take this first week to wake everything up. You're going to use super, super light weights or body weight. You're going to go through the motions of three or four workouts in a week. You're going to go through the motions with three and five pound weights. If you're a brand new lifter, you're going to just work on holding a plank with a little hip dip instead of a full push-up. We're going to pretend that we're working out this week to just wake everything up. And we're going to do consistency this week. So if our goal is to work out four days a week for the rest of our lives, we're going to do four times in the first week, but we're going to go super light, super easy. So A, we have an experience with success. And B, we have a chance to wake up our muscles without injuring ourselves. I have the most success with clients with strength training programs that I write for them at home because I ask them to use very light weights, threes and fives or fours and sixes, even if it feels silly. And what that does is it wakes the muscles up. It gets the strength um, to, to come up a little bit, but what it does is it strengthens the mind-muscle connection. It gets your joints and ligaments ready to go. It gets all kinds of little tweaks worked out without a heavy load. So you can find out, huh, maybe my right shoulder is stronger than my left. Maybe my my left leg is shorter than my right. Maybe when I lunge, I have a balance issue. We find this out before you're trying to lunge with 25 pounds on each shoulder. So if you're going to start a workout program, don't go too much too soon. Start slow, start light, and consider yourself having a wake it up week, a little practice week. With diet, people do this too, like I talked about in the first point. People try to cut out everything. I'm not eating any junk foods. I'm not eating any seed oils. I'm going to eat vegetables and meat. I'm not going to ever snack at night. I'm not going to snack at all. I'm going to drink a gallon of water. And all of a sudden, it's all overwhelming. And the body and the mind rebel because when you have had habits for your whole adult life, that's a really, really big jungle of of networks in your brain that are working that are, it's going to, you're going to default there. So when things get hard, it's just going to be easy to go back to the old way. You haven't built any new connections, new habits that feel sustainable. We have to feel good about what we're doing in order to really cement these new habits. So when it comes to diet, start with the most egregious thing that you do in your diet and think about how can I pull this in? For me, it's, you know, many times it's been eating in bed. Okay. It doesn't matter what I'm eating in bed. It could be carrots. I need to work on this behavior of eating in bed. So... Maybe I only eat in bed twice a week. Maybe I don't eat in bed at all, but I can eat next to the bed. Whatever it is, make it doable so you're not doing too much too soon. Number three, a reason why you're not losing weight. You're looking for quick results on the scale. This is so important for me to get across to you. 
Your scale is none of your business. I talk about it a lot. I believe in it so much. Unless you're working on a really specific, precise goal, the scale should not be a part of your daily routine because you could eat a perfect number of calories for your body. You could get the perfect number of steps in and have the most perfect workout, hydrate perfectly. And the next day, your scale may say that you've gained three pounds because the scale is measuring what your body holds in weight in a moment's time and what you eat, how you eat, your stress responses, what's going on in your digestive system, what time of the month it is can all influence how much water your body is holding onto, how much waste is in your body. So to, to live and die by what that scale says is it's like looking at the sky to tell you how much money is in your bank. The sky does not know. <laughs> They're that unrelated. Your mark of success should be on how you have shown up. And you will have quick results. If you say, what did I do yesterday? Now today, I did all of the things that I want to do. I wanted to move. I wanted to make certain food choices. I wanted to hydrate. Did I do those things? Why, yes, I did. Then I have quick results. I have just built a new habit on this day. That feels good. I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. I control my input. The output will happen at whatever rate it's going to happen. The amount of weight that my body says on a scale is going to change over time as long as I'm consistent. So sometimes we look at the scale, it goes down a lot and we feel real good about ourselves and that's great. But if you're like me, your brain also says, oh, I didn't need to do so much. I had lost three pounds in a day. I really may have undereaten. I better eat more tomorrow. I should celebrate actually. This is so easy. I don't need to work so hard. I, I did such a hard workout. Maybe I don't need to work out super hard again. Maybe I could. And all of a sudden I start finding reasons why to take my foot off the gas, which is so counterintuitive. I did the thing. I got amazing results. I respond by doing less. Conversely, if the scale, if I did everything right and the scale went up, I'm going to say, well, this doesn't work and this is stupid and I did all that for nothing. I may as well go binge eat cookies. So for me, the scale always gives me a reason to quit or take my foot off the gas. What gives me a reason and incentive to keep going is looking at my consistent success doing what I said I would do. So setting that weekly goal, I'm going to move this much. I'm going to eat this way. And then to say, did I do it? I did. That feels good. I am getting results. I am building habits. And if you keep your eyes on those things, your scale inevitably will go down. Your body inevitably will get healthier and leaner. You will take up less space on the planet, period. Some weeks you could do all the inputs perfectly and nothing changes visibly on the scale or maybe visibly on your body. The next week, you do everything consistently. Maybe nothing happens again. But inevitably, all of that work will pay off. I have clients and I have gone through periods of time in my life where I will have stagnation or they will have stagnation for three weeks. And then all of a sudden, bam, the scale will drop 10 pounds or bam, their pants will just fall off of them. The body is funny. The body is doing things behind the scenes we don't understand or see. We can only control the inputs. 
So looking for quick results right away is one of the reasons why you're not losing weight. Look for the right kind of results. Give it time. I like to have clients set a long-term goal. What is your, your goal a year from now? What would you like to be able to say about yourself that you've accomplished in the last year? We suss that out. Then we say, okay, six months from now, where along that pathway do you want to be? And then three months. And then what are we going to do this month and this week? What's the first thing we're going to do this week that if we consistently do these things for 365 days are going to get us to that long-term goal? Set a long-term goal. Work for it every day. Time is going to pass anyway. Quick results are often the most temporary results. We want lasting results, so we are going to look for lasting habit change. Another reason why you might not be losing weight, eating more than you realize. This is the kicker right here. It's interesting when we decide for a day to only eat three sit-down meals, all of a sudden you notice how often you snack how often you grab a bite, how often you grab a piece of candy out of a candy dish, how many bites you take while you're cooking, how many times you get up for a little snack and you don't really count it because it was just an apple or it was just a piece of peanut butter on an apple or something like that. We are all eating more than we realize. Unless you are logging and tracking and weighing your food religiously, you are eating more than you realize. Our eyes underestimate how much we ate and we always think that it's not so bad. So those snacks, those little bites and tastes, cleaning your plate after you're full, we're eating more than we realize. So how do you get ahead of that? I recommend taking a week or if a week is too long, three days and you commit to trying it out, only eating three meals in a day, no snacks, nothing in between. It's okay to be hungry for a couple of hours. It's okay. On day one, it may be really, really tough and you realize that you're starving between lunch and dinner. So the next day you can correct that. Maybe you have a little bit later breakfast, a little bit later lunch, and a little earlier dinner. You can make this work for you. If you eat a complete satisfying meal three times in a day, you're going to be able to control your calories. You're going to be able to control your inputs. You're going to have more satisfaction sitting down to your meals. And you're going to notice how many times you are reaching for snacks, bites, and tastes. Again, even if they're healthy things like apples or blueberries or something, carrots, those every eating opportunity is putting calories in your body. And if you're eating more than you need, eating more than you burn, or eating more than you think that you're eating for a calorie deficit, it all counts. And of course, a carrot is healthier than a donut. But the behavior of eating constantly and grabbing food all the time is what you're trying to really grab a hold of. That's why a weak experiment in this way is really helpful. So eating more than you realize. Very, very common. When I have new clients, I have them log everything that they eat and I hear it every single time. Like, whoa, I didn't realize how much I was eating. I didn't realize how often I was eating. I didn't realize how many calories I was wasting on these little things that I really like. If I give those things up, I'll be able to eat a whole nother meal. Some people are like, I put so much cream in my coffee all day. I could be eating more at dinner and enjoying my food more if I wasn't drinking those calories. So by really focusing in your attention, you can find out, am I eating more than I realize? And most people, the answer is yes. Another reason you're not losing weight, too much processed food or diet food. Processed food, diet foods, they're full of chemicals. 
They also mess with your blood sugar levels. Even though something is sugar-free or let's say you're drinking a lot of diet pop, you can still have a glucose spike. And when you're not regulating your blood sugar, you're going to find your hunger levels going crazy. You're going to find cravings increase. When you're eating too much processed food, you may find you run out of calories if you're trying to hit a calorie number. You might run out of calories for the day when you're still hungry because processed foods and diet foods, they're not satisfying. When I was on prep, I ate egg whites with powdered peanut butter and sugar-free syrup on them for a meal because I was having to cut my calories so low and I was starving again in a couple of hours. Why? Because I wasn't eating hardly anything and what I was eating, I was dumping chemicals on it. So too much processed food and diet food, it's going to keep you from being able to lose weight. So it's important to eat real food as much as possible. Another thing you could do an experiment with for a week or just start out with one day. One day where the only thing you eat is real food. No salad dressings, no diet sodas, no coffee creamers. You have real food for breakfast. You have eggs and bacon. You have cottage cheese. Instead of creamer in your coffee, you put real cream. You eat your vegetables as is. You eat meat, seafood, fruit, vegetables, real food for one day. Not one bit of processed foods passes through your lips. See how you feel and see what a struggle it is because it's so easy to completely misunderstand how much processed foods we're eating. Processed foods, diet foods, packaged foods, cutting those things out is a massive, massive improvement to your health, but also makes it so much easier to lose weight. Now you could lose weight if you're counting your calories and you were only eating Twinkies and you were only eating the number of calories in Twinkies that you needed to eat for a weight loss. Okay, over time, but you're going to be starving. You're going to be nutritionally deficient and you're probably going to be have cravings, cravings, cravings. So get the processed food out of your diet. This week in my Facebook group, I have a challenge for everyone in the group to take every single bit of junk food, mostly processed food is, well, all junk food is processed foods, and get it out of the kitchen, pantry, refrigerator, any place you make a decision about food. If you're not willing to throw it away, segregate it, put it somewhere else so that you don't see it. So that the only option in front of you when it's time to make a food decision is real food. Sometimes we do that when there's nothing left in the refrigerator. In fact, if grocery stores got rid of everything that was processed, there'd be about 20% of the store left. So most of the things that we're buying and eating are food products. They're not real food. Too much processed food, too much diet food is going to keep you from losing weight. Smoothies. Now, this one hits a lot of people right square in the eyeballs. What? Do not touch my smoothie. My smoothie has chia and spirulina and... Um, all these healthy things in it. Well, I'm not telling you that there aren't healthy things in your smoothie, but here's a couple of things about smoothies. When you drink a meal and you don't chew it, you don't get the natural addition of digestive enzymes from your saliva. So you don't get the hunger cue on time and you don't get all of the digestive enzymes that you need to digest all of that stuff. Plus most smoothies are high in carb and or fat often very low in protein. Even if you're putting a scoop of protein powder in there, you've got a big imbalance between the protein, fat, and carbs. And so those smoothies, a lot of times, they're not keeping us full. They are not being digested correctly. 
And they also mess with your normal satiety cues because it's liquid, but also it's food. It gets digested and flows into your small intestine fast. So a lot of times you will have a blood sugar spike, which makes you crave other things. And typically the calorically dense. You can throw some protein, some coconut milk, um, chia seed, banana, cashews, and you got you can get a thousand calories into a smoothie, and it's a health, quote unquote healthy breakfast. So those smoothies often are the reason you're not losing weight. I've had a lot of clients I've pulled off of their smoothie and just said, I just want you to eat real food in the morning, you know, berries and yogurt, or um, eggs and toast, or you know, bacon and eggs, cottage cheese. Real food. I don't care what it is. Just don't put it in a blender and drink it. And people have been astounded. I have one client. She was a smoothie girl. She had a smoothie for breakfast and a smoothie for uh, lunch. And she only ate dinner. And she couldn't figure out why she wasn't losing weight and why her body composition was the way it was, which was soft. She worked out a lot, but she couldn't get rid of the flap in her belly. She couldn't like, see her muscle. All we did was get her off the smoothie and onto a high-protein breakfast. That's it. And then I said, all right, if you're going to continue having smoothies for lunch, let's just keep that one. I want you to, to make it half the size and add some food to your meal and see what happens. The first week, she lost a ton of water weight, ton of water weight. A lot of those things that she was putting in her smoothie were keeping her body holding onto a lot of water and inflammation. And then we started logging all the ingredients. Some of her smoothies had twice the fat in them than if she'd had a sausage egg and cheese biscuit from McDonald's because she was adding cashews and other nut butters and avocado and then putting the banana in there. So then you've got all these carbs and fats together that if you're not burning that right away, your body is tucking that away for extra fuel. So smoothies, they're not a smart way to get your nutrition, period. Another reason why you not be might not be losing weight, too much cardio, not enough strength training. This is a common one too. Women don't want to be bulky and get addicted to the endorphin high of running or getting cardio in. Cardio is very good for you. It's called cardio because it's cardiovascularly healthy exercise, heart rate up, sweat flowing, lungs moving. Super great to do cardio. But if you're constantly doing cardio, you're burning off all your glycogen, all of your ready access energy which is going to make you hungry. It's going to keep your hunger up. And it's a it's a you're never going to catch up. As we age, we lose muscle mass. And if we're not working our muscles, then we're going to just passively let that muscle mass go away. Plus, too much cardio, we're using muscle mass as fuel if we're not eating efficiently. So, do your cardio, but you have to get time under tension strength training, either with just body weight, push-ups, squats, lunges, something. Get your muscles to be carrying a load. But when you get strength training in like three times a week, you're going to be fighting back the natural aging process. You're going to be maintaining and or building muscle mass, which keeps you healthy and strong and less likely to have disease as you age. It's the difference between needing to be pushed around in a wheelchair when you're super old and being able to navigate yourself with a cane or a walker or without assistance. If you have strong muscles into your old age, you will be independent into your old age. It's not about aesthetics. It's not about looking ripped and having big bulging muscles that everybody can see. It's about having big, strong muscles, even if no one can see them. My recent client win this week, 
dear, dear, sweet Lulu in Minneapolis. She has a seven-year-old and she has had issues with her back and with her shoulder and she's not been able to pick up her daughter. So last year when she started working with me, she's like, I can't pick up my daughter. I'm in pain. I'm not strong. And so she wanted to start strength training to increase her strength so that she could carry her kid if she needed to. So I started working with her. She did not want to do more than 30-minute workouts. She did not go to a gym. She did not want to go to a gym. So that's fine. We got her some resistance bands and some light weights. She did 20 to 30-minute workouts at home that I wrote for her in the app consistently without stopping, without quitting, without being discouraged that she was using really light weights. And over time, she was able to increase those weights to fives and eights and then now tens and fifteens. Then she was recently able to join a gym and she uses some of the machines now to learn how to use those. But the greatest thing the other day, she picked up her daughter and her daughter said, mommy, you're carrying me. She was so excited. She's like, I have no pain. I can pick her up. And she's a young woman. This is a young woman in her 30s who has this issue with her back scoliosis, but she was able to build enough strength in her body to not have pain and to be able to pick up her daughter. She hasn't lost a whole bunch of weight, but her body is leaner. She looks better in her clothes. She feels better and she's able to pick up her daughter. She is stronger. That's more important than anything. Weight loss is important. Yes, if we need to lose weight, if we have excess fat on our bodies, we should get rid of that. But strength training addresses that and it makes you stronger. So how do you start with that? You start where you are, just like with Lulu. She told me what she would and would not do, what she could and could not do, and what she had on hand. And we started there. And again, consistency, like we talked about, number one. Being consistent, starting where you are, is going to get you results, period. And if your goal is to lose weight, muscles burn more calories. So the more muscle mass you have, the more calories you will burn you will not get bulky. You will not get bulky. I'm going to say it again. You will not get bulky. Women are terrified of being bulky. Those of us who really wanted to get bulky for bodybuilding shows had to work so hard and lift so heavy so many days in a row and eat ridiculous things in order to get a teeny little bit of bulk. You don't have to be afraid of getting bulky. It is too hard to get bulky for 99% of the population of women to actually be bulky. So put that out of your mind. It's one of the biggest lies, one of the most frustrating comments that all trainers everywhere get. I don't want to get bulky. I want to get toned. Don't worry. You won't get bulky. Period. If you want to get bulky, you best give it a couple of years, a lot of work, a lot of burning muscles, a lot of protein, and probably a whole bunch of synthetic supplements. So stop doing so much cardio. If you do cardio six or seven days a week and it's not a walk, I want you to pull three of those out and replace them with strength training, even if it's 20 minutes. Get the strength training into the rotation. If you're not doing anything, start with walking and strength training. Another reason why you're not losing weight, you're searching for a magic pill. I can't tell you how many times people come up to me and say, you've lost over 200 pounds. How did you do it? And I can see it in their face. They're hoping for me to say something they've never heard before that's going to work for them because they want a magic pill. And when I ultimately say, well, it's taken 15 years and it's starting where I started and moving slowly and slowly and slowly to more ideal, their faces fall like, oh, almost like, oh, I can't do that. 
I need something else. Stop looking for something else. What really is interesting is when uh, they say, oh, well, you didn't have weight loss surgery. I'll say, oh yeah, I had weight loss surgery. And then they go, oh yeah, so that's why. So they immediately discredit me because I had weight loss surgery. And well, since they're not going to have weight loss surgery, then I clearly have nothing to say to them because I clearly cheated and clearly I'm irrelevant. But they don't often let me say, yeah, I had weight loss surgery. I lost a lot of weight and then I stopped losing weight. And then I started gaining weight back. And guess what I had to do in order to get back to losing weight and reach my goal weight? I had to be consistent, change my eating habits, eat less than I thought I was, move my body, and never quit. That is the truth for everyone. If you've had weight loss surgery, your metabolism is destroyed afterwards, and you have to rebuild it. So if you have weight loss surgery to reach your goal weight, that's amazing. But it's still going to take the same amount of work to maintain that weight loss, and even more. I would, I would contend because my, my metabolism was crap after a year after weight loss surgery. I was eating 700 calories and gaining weight because my metabolism was crap. It took so much time of consistent running, walking, lifting, strength training, gradually adding my calories back in, pulling out garbage, junk food, um, slider foods, processed foods, all those things over and over and over again to get my metabolism healed. So it takes more work to recover a dead metabolism than if you never kill it to begin with. So all that to say, stop looking for a magic pill. Look at your lifestyle. Is there anything here I just talked about that resonates with, okay, yeah, that's me. Fix that one thing. Pick a plan, pick a program and be consistent. Set a goal each week and nail it. Don't try, do. Be consistent. If your goal is to move more than every single week, Set a goal of how many days you're going to move and then do it. Set a goal the next week. Consistency doesn't mean you do the same exact thing for the rest of your life. Consistency means that you show up consistently. So if you have a crazy week and you can only get four movement sessions in, awesome. You're going to get four in. The next week, you might be able to get five in. Get five in. That's consistency, period. Don't grab a triathlon goal in two months. And start training. Don't think you're going to run an Ironman. Don't do too much too soon. Don't change everything about everything that you do. But change the things that you know need to be changed one at a time. Some of the best tools I can recommend to you for a healthy lifestyle forever would be MyFitnessPal. Keeping track of what you eat so that you know exactly what kind of macronutrients you're getting. You know how many calories you're eating. You're going to be able to have a record of the nutrition going into your body. You'll be able to see your habits. You'll be able to find out, whoa, I had no idea this is what the caloric density or the fat was in an avocado or in the smoothie that I've been having every day. When I have people log everything in their smoothie for the first time, they go, whoa, I had no idea it was an 800 calorie smoothie. It is very easy to slurp down an 800 calorie smoothie in the morning and not even realize it and barely taste it and certainly not chew it. Real food is always going to be more satisfying. So pick the things here in this list that you feel like I was talking right at you and fix those things. And you will be amazed at how your body responds. It's not magic, but it feels like magic when you're able to actually reasonably implement lifelong, sustainable, reasonable change to your routine and to your diet 
and movement schedules. Now, if you do all these things, if you're like, I consistently move my body, I consistently hit a protein and a calorie target, I work out reasonably, I log my food, I know that I'm eating within my range for my basal metabolic rate, which is another thing I recommend you do. Figure out what your BMR is and find out how much you're burning at rest on average for your height and weight and check and see what you're eating compared to that. Cut down or cut out all the processed and diet foods and eat real food. Start lifting weights. If you do all of those things and you do not lose weight over, say, a period of one to two months, then yes, go to the doctor. Have a full panel of labs run. In fact, I recommend doing that anyway, no matter what, especially if it's been more than a year. Get all your blood work, blood work done. Have them do a thyroid panel. Have them check all of your, your nutrient levels, everything, and see what they are. And then if they come back and everything says normal, I want you to actually look at those numbers because normal ranges on those tests is basically telling you the people in your area, the most common ranges of those, those levels for the people in your area. So it just tells you if you're normal compared to people around you, but you may not be in a normal range for ideal optimum health. And you can find out what those ranges are um, by going online. So functional nutritionists, um, practitioners are going to be able to give you more of a normal range um, of, of true health versus just what they pop back at. But a lot of us, when we get those run, a lot of them are of us have skews just even based on those levels, um, the markers that they use, the averages that they use. So it's really, really great to get those things run. If you are in the menopause era, perimenopausal, if you have PCOS, if you have things like that, you definitely should be under the supervision of your medical provider as far as what your hormone levels should be at, what your activity levels should be. But nobody, nobody is going to tell you, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. If any kind of health practitioner tells you that you shouldn't be strength training, moving your body consistently, eating real food, eating within a range of calories that's good for your body size and being consistent in your changes. I mean, I don't understand why anybody would tell you that those things shouldn't be done. So you can't go wrong, period. You're like, I'm covering all my bases here. But um, I hope this has been helpful for you. If you have specific questions, let me know. And then I'm just going to tell you right here, This is something that I'm really good at as far as providing coaching and accountability. My personal coaching clients, every week we talk about your nutrition goal, your movement goal, and your habits. What are you going to work on this week? You decide. We track them together. We put them in the app, my app. You get to check off your boxes every day. Did I show up consistently? I talk to you every single week, a check-in. How did you do with your nutrition? Did you hit your goal? What did you notice? What foods are you reaching for? How much protein are you getting in? We go over it together. You grade yourself and set new goals for the next week. It's the most powerful accountability program that I've ever put together. And all of my clients are having massive success. It's really, really, really exciting. So if you want to work with me, reach out to me. I would love, love, love to talk to you more about the accountability and the personalized coaching that I offer to really help you get this process going Get yourself consistent, get some great feedback and information from me on what you should be eating, what your levels should be, and how to tweak things as you go. So would love 
love to talk to you more about that if you're interested in one-on-one coaching with me. If you have questions though about something specific in your habits that's frustrating you, I would be happy to answer questions. So reach out to me. Um, I'm just here in podcast world and Instagram world and in general um, to be a resource. So don't feel, don't feel hesitant to reach out to me and ask me questions if you have general questions. So I hope you found this helpful. I hope that you will be brave enough to fix any of the things on this list that maybe uh, convicted you a little bit so that you can reach the goals that you desire and you can feel good in the body you're in. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. If you want to interact with me, go ahead and send me an email, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com. Follow me on Instagram, The Kristen Experience, and make sure you share this podcast with a friend. That's all I have for you today. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time here on Destination Begin.